0: righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of life. Lord in heaven, we want to be in harmony with heaven in the work that you are doing on this earth. We pray, Lord, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and that we shall be instruments by which that will is done. As spiritual things are spiritually discerned, We pray, Father, and we pray, seriously, please grant us of your spirit. Who is sufficient for these things? Lord, we have no way to understand your word except you grant to us your spirit. Please, Lord, grant us understanding through your spirit. We pray, Lord, that you help us to rightly divide the word of truth. We need your manna from heaven every day. And now, Lord, be before us we have this manner. we pray, Lord, that you would give to us the manner from your word that will nourish our souls for today, that will help us to contemplate heaven, heavenly things, that will keep our minds stayed on thee through the day, that we may reflect your glory in all we do. Put your words in my mouth for this purpose, O Lord. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage April 13 He lost his patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. James chapter 1 verse 4. Notwithstanding the fact that Moses was the meekest man that lived upon the earth, on one occasion he drew the displeasure of God upon himself. The undeserved reproaches of the people which fell upon him, led him for a moment to forget that their murmuring was not against him, but against God. And instead of being grieved because the Spirit of God was insulted, he became irritated and offended, and in a self-willed, impatient manner, struck the rock twice, saying, Hear now ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? Moses revealed great weakness before the people. He showed a marked lack of self-control, a spirit similar to that possessed by the murmurers. He should have been an example of forbearance and patience before that multitude who were ready to excuse their failures, disaffections and unreasonable murmurings on account of this exhibition of wrong on his part. The greatest sin consisted in assuming to take the place of God. The position of honor that Moses had heretofore occupied did not lessen his guilt, but greatly magnified it. Here was a man, hitherto blameless, now fallen. Many in a similar position would reason that their sin would be overlooked because of their long life of unwavering fidelity. But no, It was a more serious matter for a man who had been honoured of God to show weakness of character in the exhibition of passion than if he had occupied a less responsible position. Moses was a representative of Christ. But how sadly was the figure marred. Moses had sinned, and his past fidelity could not atone for the present sin. Moses and Aaron must die without entering Canaan, Subjected to the same punishment that fell upon those in a more lowly position, they bowed in submission though with anguish of heart that was inexpressible, but their love for and confidence in God was unshaken. But few realize the sinfulness of sin. The cases of Moses and Aaron show that it is not a safe thing to sin in word or thought or deed. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is He Lost His Patience. After the Lord had told the children of Israel that those who from 20 years above, that's the adults, were not going to see Canaan, he told them, remember, that for 40 years they will remain in the wilderness and they will all perish there and their children will be the one that will inherit that uh, land of Canaan. Many years had gone by now, Korah, Datan and Abiram had brought about their insurrection which did not work out. A lot of people had been destroyed and the day when they rebelled, rebelled, the ten spies died. Also after that time, there were others who rebelled and a lot of them, the Lord took them away. And Then there was the rebellion of Korah, Datan and Abiram so a lot of them were already dying. Time had gone. This was about 40 years. Moses was now an old man. They had remained 40 years in the wilderness. And he and those little children who were now grown up to the age of at least 40 years to 59, 69 years were there. And these people, they uh, were the ones who Moses was finally taking. He was finally taking them into Canaan when this issue happened, where he sinned against the Lord. Reading from Numbers chapter 20 from verse 2, it says, And there was no water for the congregation. Uh, Let me pause here. They were passing, they were supposed to pass through Canaan. And at this time, that rock that was giving them water, which had followed them all this while, and that's something miraculous, by the way, it's strange to even believe it. This rock, which in the beginning of their journey started with them as they had been moving, it was following them. When the Lord told them after the rebellion, that when they didn't want to go into Canaan, the Lord told them to go back on the way to the Red Sea. The Bible tells us something that this rock was always following them everywhere. Well, I don't know how big that rock was, but it was following them everywhere. That's what we are told in the book of First Corinthians, chapter ten, verse four. It says, "And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock, that of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was." So it's important for us to take note of this. The rock which was following them everywhere, which represented Jesus Christ. That rock that had been giving them water in the wilderness because there was no river around them. They got water from that rock. The water coming from the rock ceased. Why? They were about to enter Canaan and they were coming close to Jordan. They were supposed to pass through the land of the Edomites and in the land of the Edomites they were going to find water there. So the miraculous provision of the Lord ceased because they were going to get water in Edom. But on their way to Edom, as the water ceased, they needed water, and the people began to complain. So that's the setting and background for this uh, story here. In Numbers 20 verse 2, it says, And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and speak, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord, and why have you brought up this congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is no place of seed, or of figs, or of vines, or of pomegranate, neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and the beast drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because you believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them this is the water of Meribah because the children of Israel strove with the Lord and he was sanctified in them that is the story there as short as it is as we look at the life of Moses it is something that I am not worried to talk about this is of all people in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation apart from our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, none was given a greater responsibility than Moses. And there was none who was held in such high esteem than himself. Jesus, speaking of John the Baptist, said they had not risen any greater prophet than himself. But speaking about Moses, the Bible says to us that our prophet shall rise like unto Moses, and that person we are to hear him. Who is that prophet? It is Jesus Christ. Moses was a representative of Jesus Christ. He does not become a man like myself who is filled with sin to to scrutinize and analyze and criticize the life of this holy meek man Moses. But the Lord has given us these stories. The Lord has not hidden from us the mistakes of his beloved people, his honored prophets. He has not hidden it from our eyes. Why? So that we can learn and so that we can be encouraged too. Because if the lives of these men, like even Aaron, if we're not told of his great faults in betraying his brother, hearing people mock his brother and then keeping quiet, and even taking advantage of it, or his sister Miriam, and what she did, if we're not told of these things, we'll think that, oh, our life is so miserable. But when we understand that these people had faults in their lives, and they still overcame, it gives us courage to know that we can overcome but going to the story we have for today we have to talk about it and with all due respect to his life and all that Moses did we still have to talk about this because the Lord wrote it for us in the book of James chapter 3 verse 1 and 2 we are told my brethren be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation for in many things we offend all if any man offend not in word the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body the counsel to us to be not many masters is important people like Korah, Miriam, Aaron, Data and Abiram who were striving for the position that Moses had they didn't understand what they were doing the counsel from the Lord is be not many masters we are going you are going to receive a greater damnation greater condemnation if you hold a high responsibility moses was in a position of great spiritual responsibility he was supposed to be a representative of christ we have seen in the book of exodus chapter 7 verse 1 and 2 and also in genesis chapter 4 reading from verse 17 down 14 to 17 there we see how the lord said to moses twice i have made you god to these people it was god who was speaking it was a high responsibility do you understand what it means if the lord says to you i have made you god to the people you show one bad example and you have spoiled everything. Moses was in this responsibility a very sensitive position. Any character flaw in Moses would create great problems among the Israelites. His life was always open for scrutiny by the people. They were always waiting to find real faults in his life and where they couldn't find anyone, they were quick to create one for themselves. But people may criticize. And all we can do is to prove our critics wrong by making sure that their accusations are false and we never give them any slight occasion to latch onto and reproach God. This was the tightrope that Moses walked for 40 years. His marriage had been scrutinized by his sister. And he had been accused of marrying a non-adventist, a non-believer. Whereas the woman was also a believer, which is Zipporah and it didn't matter the accusation, Miriam was just fault-finding. Also, he had been betrayed by his brother Aaron. His own cousin and kinsman, Korah, had raised an insurrection against him. His people had accused him of selfishness, power-grabbing, and covetousness, lack of love, being too strict and harsh. He had been hated, they had plotted against him, and accused him of even bringing them to the wilderness on purpose to kill them. Wow! I have seen how I react to perceived betrayal, misrepresentation and false accusations and it is a far cry from the meekness and love and self-control of Moses. Very few people in the position of Moses will react the way Moses had done for 40 years. He had been sorely tried for these 40 years and one needs only to be in his shoes to understand what he passed through. He defended his brother who betrayed him when Korah came against Aaron. He prayed for his sister to be healed. He prayed for Aaron's Aaron's life to be spared and also for the congregation. They owed their lives to his meekness, his selflessness and lack of selfish ambition. But being under such a heavy responsibility of showing to the people a godly example of what a leader and a man of God should be putting one's foot wrong has great consequences. Moses finally was gotten by Satan's temptations. He expressed passion and showed a wrong example before the people. When we were studying the life of Joseph we read something concerning him and it goes like this one cannot stand upon a lofty height without danger as the tempest leaves unharmed the lowly flower of the valley while it uproots the stately tree upon the mountaintop, so those who have maintained their integrity in humble life may be dragged down to the pit by the temptations that assail worldly success and honor. But Joseph's character bore the test alike of adversity and prosperity. In the case of Moses, it was not a a comparison of standing for Christ in adversity and prosperity to something higher. In the case of Joseph, it was maintain your integrity in prosperity and also maintain it in adversity. Moses case was a greater case. His own was he was supposed to be a representative of what it means to be a child of God every instant he slept with the people they saw his every life from morning to evening there was no secret in moses life that was kept from the people it is no easy thing to live your life into such a public view and not and the people will not find one thing against you but here it is that moses was finally gotten but the lord had a reason why he did what he did which will Uh, in saying that him and Aaron would not go into the land of Canaan and we'll look at that now to understand why it was such a heinous crime by Moses. We have already read something in Devotion in Conflict and Courage, page 109, paragraph 3. We are told that it was a more serious matter for a man who had been honored of God to show weakness of character in the exhibition of passion than if he had occupied a less responsible position. Moses was a representative of Christ, but how sadly was the figure marred. Moses had sinned and his past fidelity could not atone for the present sin. And, uh, this is, this is the situation Moses found himself. So, what was the scene in Moses' act? First of all, we have seen passion and irritation. Reading from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 417, paragraph 3 says, Moses had spoken from irritated feeling. His words were an expression of human passion rather than of holy indignation because God had been dishonored. Hear now, you rebels, he said. This accusation was true. But even truth is not to be spoken in passion or impatience. When God had bidden Moses to to charge upon Israel their rebellion, the words had been painful to him and hard for them to bear, yet God sustained him in delivering the message. But when he took it upon himself to accuse them, he grieved the Spirit of God and wrought only harm to the people. His lack of patience and self-control was evident. Thus, the people were given occasion to question whether his past course had been under the direction of God and to excuse their own sins. Moses, as well as they, had offended God. His course, they said, had from the first been open to criticism and censure. They had now found the pretext which they desired for rejecting all the reproofs that God had sent them through his servants. So here, we see, sometimes you can read the story of Moses in this act of striking the rock and the things he said and you are wondering what was the sin he committed? What is so great in what Moses did that the Lord will say he cannot enter Canaan? Well, like we have seen, when we are in a position of high responsibility, that which will look like a small matter is a big issue because we have influence and people are watching us and whatever we do, they are going to copy it. We must always understand that we are open to the world so that the world is watching us. And whatever we do, we we show them an example. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 15 and 16 says, For we are unto God a sweet server of Christ, in them that are saved, and in them that perish. To the one, we are the server of death unto death, and to the other, a server of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? It's a work that we have to do. So one of the first things that we should learn not to do, that Moses did, is to exhibit passion, and speak in a passionate manner. Here, he was irritated and he accused the people saying, you rebels. And even though the accusation was true, in the manner in which he spoke it, in impatience and lack of self-control, they saw it in his mannerisms. And just this thing that we will consider a very small matter, that was a sin. Again, he distrusted God. Reading from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 417, paragraph 4, we are told, Moses manifested distrust of God. Remember what the Lord said to him? The Lord said to him, Because you have not believed me, that was in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 20, reading from verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, Because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. So that was another error, a sin in Moses' life, unbelief. Moses manifested distrust of God. Shall we bring water? He questioned as if the Lord would not do what he promised. Ye believed me not, the Lord declared to the two brothers, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. At the time when the water failed, their own faith in the fulfillment of God's promise had been shaken by the murmuring and rebellion of the people. The first generation had been condemned to perish in the wilderness because of their unbelief, yet the same spirit appeared in their children. Would these also fail of receiving the promise? Wearied and disheartened, Moses and Aaron had made no efforts to stem the current of popular feeling. Had they themselves manifested unwavering faith in God, They might have set the matter before the people in such a light as would have enabled them to bear this test. By prompt, decisive exercise of the authority vested in them as magistrates, they might have quelled the murmuring. It was their duty to put forth every effort in their power to bring about a better state of things before asking God to do the work for them. Had the murmuring at Kadesh been promptly checked, what a train of evil might have been prevented end of quote. That's Patriarchs of Prophets page 417 paragraph 4. As I go through this, I'm wondering the responsibility that was placed on the people and what is placed on us today. So from what we are seeing now it is wrong for us to be able to do something about a situation and just leave it like that. That was what the distrust was here. That was the distrust that um, Aaron and Moses manifested. They saw the rebellion but they did nothing to quell it. They had already given up. They felt these people also are not going to receive the promise. They are repeating the sin of their fathers, and they did not see. They did not try to encourage the people or tell them to keep quiet. Like I told you, there they were already. These are children here. Aaron and Moses at this time were about a hundred and twenty years old. Of course, Aaron more than that because these forty years uh, later uh, that we're looking at, Moses was about hundred and twenty. Aaron perhaps more, and. This was when they experienced this thing. These these people were the children who were less than 20 at that time. 40 years had gone and they respected Moses. If they had spoken, something would have been done. And they went to pray to God first of all because of their unbelief. How they did that and how that was a serious issue is beyond comprehension for many. And that's why we read in the devotion that few realize the sinfulness of sin. The case of Moses and Aaron showed that it is not a safe thing to sin in word or thought or deed. It's a small matter. They just sinned in their thoughts by manifesting unbelief in their their mind. And that's why we are learning it's not a safe thing to sin even in your mind. Another thing they did was irreverence for God. Patriarchs and Prophet page 418 paragraph 1 says, By his rash act, Moses took away the force of the lesson that God proposed to teach. The rock being a symbol of Christ had been once smitten, as Christ was to be once offered. The second time it was needful only to speak to the rock, as we have only to ask for blessings in the name of Jesus. By the second smiting of the rock, the significance of this beautiful figure of Christ was destroyed. End of quote. You can understand cl- clearly why this was a problem. That rock we read before in 1 Corinthians 10, that rock was Christ. And the smiting of the rock at the beginning of their journey represented the giving up and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for the rest of the world. Moses and Aaron were not supposed to strike that rock again, just as we also are not supposed to crucify Jesus again. We simply just need to ask and that was what they needed to do, ask instead of smiting the rock and they took away the force of the lesson. Another great sin in this act of Moses and Aaron was that they took God's place. All the accusations that had been laid on them by those who had died earlier of all of them one of them that stood out was them accusing moses and aaron of being the ones who was misleading them that it was not god that they were the ones who were leading but it was the pillar of cloud that were, that was leading it was not moses and aaron they were just following like every other person but the people had always accused them that it was their mismanagement and their lack of Proper government and their own leading that was causing the problem between the people and God they felt that Moses was a problem but in doing what he did now he gave them occasion to think that it was truly himself and Aaron that were leading them. Reading from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 418 paragraph 2 we are told, more than this, Moses and Aaron had assumed power that belongs only to God. The necessity for divine interposition made the occasion one of great solemnity and the leaders of Israel should have improved it to impress the people with reverence for God and to strengthen their faith in his power and goodness. When they angrily cried, must we fetch wa- fetch you water out of this rock? They put themselves in God's place as though the power lay with themselves, men possessing human frailties and passions. We read with the continual murmuring and rebellion of the people, Moses had lost sight of his almighty helper, and without the divine strength, he had been left to mar his record by an exhibition of human weakness. The man who might have stood pure, firm, and unselfish to the close of his work had been overcome at last. God had been dishonored before the congregation of Israel when he should have been magnified and exalted. End of quote. And the lesson for us here in this fourth one is that we should understand the same lesson that the Lord taught to Samuel and the same lesson he has always said concerning our persecutions. He said why persecutest thou me to, king, to, to Saul when, when Saul was persecuting the Christians? And when the people of Israel said they wanted a king and Simon was crying as if it, he was the one that was rejected, the Lord rebuked him and said, It is not you that was rejected, it is me. And in the case of Moses, the Lord had always made it clear to them that it is himself that the Lord that they were uh, coming against whenever they came against Moses. When Miriam came against Moses, the Lord asked, asked her and Aaron, wherefore were you not afraid to speak against my servant moses making moses understand that it is him the lord that is in control and that anything anybody is doing against him he is not to take it personally but is to understand that it is god that is being uh that is being reproached so with us this is a huge lesson the way we react to people's murmuring and complaining and people's attacks and persecutions on us we should understand that it is the lord who it is against, and not take it upon ourselves like Moses and Aaron did, and as we talk about these things, we look at our lives and we say, "We have other bigger issues we are dealing with. We have sins that not so easily beset us. If we could only achieve the, the holiness of Moses, many of us would be happy if this was the only sin in people's lives, many of us will say, "Oh, I will like to be like this," but as we grow and grow in the Lord, the standard gets higher and higher, and the Lord wants to bring us up and come up higher. That is why, for Moses and Aaron, being people who the Lord has been has specially shown His goodness, their responsibility was great. To those who are leaders, pastors, and people of influence in God's work, there is a great work for you for us to do. Paul admonished us in the book of Acts, chapter twenty, verse twenty-eight take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood but not only Moses and the leaders in the position and people in positions of leadership and influence today to the unbelieving world every Christian is a Moses who is to be an example to them and we are to be careful what example we give to them in our dress In our manners, in our words, in our diet, in our conduct, in our choice of words, in our speech, in all our actions, we are to take heed to ourselves, that we give an example of Christ. I want us to have this passage in mind, Acts 20 verse 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, take heed, be careful, watch yourself is what the Lord is saying, because people are watching us watch yourself because the unbelieving world is looking at you and whatever you do, they are going to latch on it, either to follow it as an example for themselves happily or to criticize the Lord for the bad example we may show. As to what it means to take heed to ourselves, there is no need for me to display any form of originality or personal creativity or ingenuity, rather let us please just indulge me as we hear this powerful, inspired meaning of what it, what it is to take heed from a spirit-filled man called Richard Baxter, written from his book, The Reformed Pastor, for in all honesty I cannot put it any better in better words than he did, so I pray it blesses us and here is what he said in the book. The reformed pastor of what it means to take heed. Take heed to yourselves, for you have a depraved nature and sinful inclinations as much as others. If innocent Adam had need to take heed, and lost himself and us for want of it, then how much more need need do we have? Sin dwells in us, even when we preach ever so much against it, and one degree of sin prepares the heart for another, and one sin inclines the mind to more sin. If one thief is in the house, he will let the rest in, because they have the same disposition and design. A spark is the beginning of a flame, and a small disease may cause a greater a man who knows himself to be partially blind should take heed to his feet. Alas, in our hearts, as well as in the hearts of our hearers, there is an averseness to God, a foreignness to him, and there are unreasonable and almost unruly passions. In us, They are, at best, the remnants of pride, unbelief, self-seeking, hypocrisy, and all the most hateful, deadly sins. And does it not then concern us to take heed to ourselves? Does not so much of the fire of hell that was at first kindled in us remain unextinguished that it is necessary for us to take heed? Are there not so many traitors in our very hearts that is necessary for us to take heed? You will scarcely let your children, your little children go about by themselves while they are weak without calling upon them to take heed of falling. And alas, how weak are those of us that seem strongest! How apt we are to stumble over a straw! How small a matter will cast us down by enticing us to folly or by kindling our passions and our inordinate desires, by perverting our judgments weakening our resolutions, cooling our zeal, and abating our diligence. Ministers are not only sons of Adam, but sinners against the grace of Christ as well as others, and so they have increased their radical sin. If you take not heed, these treacherous hearts of yours will one time or another deceive you. Those sins that seem now to lie dead will revive your pride and worldliness, and many a foul vice will spring up that you thought had been weeded out by the roots it is most necessary therefore that men of so much infirmity should take heed to themselves and be careful in the oversight of their own souls and then he goes on to say take heed to yourselves because the tempter will ply you with his temptations more than other men so christians are you hearing leaders the devil will come against us more than other people If you will be the leaders against the prince of darkness, like Moses was, then he will spare you no further than God restrains him. He bears the greatest malice towards those who are engaged to do him the greatest mischief. He hates Christ more than any of us because he is the general of the field and the captain of our salvation, and he does more than all the rest of the world against Satan's kingdom. Accordingly, Satan hates the leaders under Christ, more than he hates the common soldiers he knows he can rout the soldiers if the leaders fall before their eyes he has tried that way of fighting for a long time not against great or small comparatively speaking but striking the shepherd so that he may scatter the flock so great has been his success this way that he will continue to follow it as far as he is able take heed therefore brothers For the enemy has a special eye on you. You will have his most subtle insinuations and incessant solicitations and violent assaults. As wise and learned as you are. Take heed to yourselves, lest he outwit you. The devil is a greater scholar than you, and a nimbler disputant. He can transform himself into an angel of light to deceive. He will get within you, and trip you up by the heels before you are aware. He will play the trickster with you, undiscerned. He will cheat you of your fate or innocence, and you will not know that you have lost it. Worse, he will make you believe your faith is multiplied or increased, when in fact it is lost you will see neither hook nor line, much less the subtle angler himself, while he is offering you his bait. And his bait will be so fitted to your temper and disposition that he will be sure to find advantages within you and make your own principles and inclinations betray you. And wherever he ruins you, he will make you the instruments of ruin to others oh what a conquest he will think he has if he can make a minister lazy and unfaithful or if he can tempt a minister into covetousness or scandal he will glory against the church and say these are your holy preachers see what their strictness is like and where it brings them he will glory against jesus christ himself and say these are your champions i can make your best servants abuse you i can make the stewards of your house unfaithful if he insulted god on a false surmise and told him he could make Job curse him to his face then what will he do if he should actually prevail against you in the end he will insult God as much over you that he could draw you to be unfaithful to your great trust and to blemish your holy profession and to so greatly serve the one who was your enemy oh do not gratify Satan to this extent do not let him make sport of you do not allow him to use you as the Philistines used Samson, first depriving you of your strength, then putting out your eyes and finally making you the object of his triumph and End of quote. There is more I can say about this but the Lord is calling us as Christians who are showing example to the world as Moses was to Israel. The Lord is calling us as leaders who are showing example to the rest of the flock as Moses was to Israel, he is calling us to take heed. Because that which look like a small sin is not so small because we have influence and people will follow our influence or and be led astray or they will look at the influence and point at it and mock God as we just read. It is therefore important that as we look at the life of Moses, we can admire him but yet we can say to ourselves, we need to take heed. We need to take heed. If the Lord did not spare him, I fear for myself and I fear for us who are pushing the message of the Lord faithfully and I fear for the leaders and I fear for the members who have, who have had great light. Any small mistake we make will prove a great ruin and disaster to the kingdom of God. Therefore, we need to take heed, brothers and sisters. We need to pray for one another. When we sing the song, I need the prayers of those I love, oh, it's a reality as we look at Moses' life. Oh, we need to pray for one another because it will affect every one of us. Should the leader show a wrong example, even the faithful members will be affected because they will now find it difficult to say what they have been saying and preach the message people will point them is it not your leader that did that is it not your leader that was caught in money laundering is it not him that was caught the other day in adultery is it not him that was caught the other day in covetousness my brothers and sisters the best we can do pray for one another because we do not want to be among those who will point to the sins of others and use it as an excuse for ourselves to do evil rather we want to be among those who are praying for the people who like moses are holding great responsibilities. Let us pray. Our dear Father in heaven, spiritual things are spiritually discerned and we thank you, Lord, for granting us the discernment through your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that these words that has gone forth will arouse us to our duty for this time as Christians who are before the world like Moses was before the Israelites. Help us, Lord. Firstly, I pray, forgive us. We have manifested a wrong example to people. They have watched us. Our words, our thoughts, our dress, our mannerisms. A lot of things we have done before the world has shown them a wrong example of what it means to be a representative of Christ as Moses was. Lord, have mercy and forgive us. And help us, Lord, to be careful of our acts, our words, our thoughts, no matter how little, that we will show forth a right example to people. Oh Lord, please help us. And have mercy on us. Give us grace, Lord. As you put your spirit upon Moses, put upon us. And help us, Lord, to never lose, lose sight of you. And to never get uh, manifest unbelief. Do this for us and take the glory, O Lord. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.